This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. How do I? I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. No, 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 no! You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. You see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is Episode 29, also known as our second episode of 2022, a.k.a. the fourth ep of Season 3. My name is Pete. (laughs) This is Dave. (laughs) And this is Paul. So welcome back to you guys as well. We missed a February episode due to various reasons. Not that anybody out there noticed. Our vast listenership was pretty quiet about it. Hello? 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 Yes. And some of us actually have lives outside of podcasting, fella. Yeah, not all of us look at talking into a microphone as our only source of fulfillment. All right, all right, fellas. I get you. I get you. I, I just haven't opened myself up as much as you two have, I guess, to public exposure since the pandemic started. What then, pray tell, have you two been up to? Well, I've been traveling a lot. The last three weeks of February was visiting friends in Detroit. I went to a writing uh, retreat uh, in North Carolina, uh, and I just got back from visiting my dad, who was having a, a, a surgical procedure, so I wanted to be there to help him in his convalescence afterwards. And that was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which was freaking cold. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> Holy crap. That was that was single digits and below with the Ooh. wind. The, the oh, I saw wind. your post and I'm like, hey, hey Illinois ain't so bad after all. <laughs> That's mate. exactly right. Well, I'm and I went so from glad I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me that next time your power grid goes down and it's 22 degrees. Uh, don't talk to me about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I was doing. How about you, Paul? Well, I've actually been in a play. I'm still in a play. We've got a couple more days to go on the thing. It's called The Tin Woman. And it's about a girl who gets a heart transplant. And after she gets the heart transplant, she starts getting what's called uh, um, survivor's remorse. You know, like, am I, I'm not really, am I worthy? What have I done in my life to be worthy of getting somebody else's heart, you know? And so it's a, her meeting the, uh, the donors family and the different aspects of things. Like, uh, I play the dad of the, the kid who was killed in the car accident and I'm not dealing with it so well. <laughs> just, uh, I'm like just angry and just bitter and drinking too much. And which was really weird because the woman who called me up to talk me into playing the part said, Hey, I just read this script and the dad would just, it's like, it was written for you. And I'm thinking, well, that's really nice. Then I started reading the script. I'm like, I'm kind of a drunken asshole. What the What's hell are you trying, trying to say? say? <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, it's been a fun time, and um, yeah, we just got a couple days to go on that, and then we're done, and then I've promised myself no more plays. Yeah, just, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm a theater boy, too. Yeah, yeah. no more plays until the next one. No, yeah, I'm, I, cool I think I'm going to have my wife a actually give me a cross-stitch like thing to hang on the wall that says, no more plays. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you'll you'll get used to seeing that, and then it won't register as an actual message anymore, and then you'll be in another play. You just flip you know it around. It <laughs> just turn yeah. around, face the wall. Yeah, I go, maybe maybe when I'm like fully retired and I have that maybe, much time on my hands. Maybe, maybe one more. That's why audio dramas, baby. Yeah, that's exactly why. You know, no and, and actually schedule. we're working on that. The the woman who talked me into it, she's big into theater and she knows a whole bunch of people and all that. So we're going to try and get uh, a thing going here in Peoria where we do kind of like you guys do, Pete, where you do the live performance and record awesome. it and everything. Awesome. Hey. You're welcome to any of the scripts that I've that I've written. Oh well, thank you, sir. Much so appreciated. Just we're just we're just like. trying to figure out like 
who, where, when, any of that kind of stuff. If anybody even has enough interest to do it, kind of thing. Well, you just do it once you do your first one. It'll uh, it'll it'll spark something. Everybody yeah. will love it, and you have audiences that say, "I've never seen this kind of thing before," and they'll come back for more. Yeah. Well, and the people who do the acting, then I'll be like, oh, my God, I don't have to have like a four month time suck out of my life. I can just, <laughs> exactly. you know, read this thing for a week or so and I'm good to go. Yay. Awesome. So, yeah, it's about it for me. And um, hmm, yeah, um, Pete. Yeah. By the way, I've been meaning to ask you. Yes. Who's the guy over there in the corner? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Paulie, Dave, I want you to meet our special guest for today, our essential listener, Rick. I asked Rick to join us and to select our essential episode for this time around. Hey, well, hi, Rick. Show, How are you doing? <laughs> nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you guys. Does Rick know what he's in for here, Pete? <laughs> Why, sure, sure. Rick listens to every episode. And also, I might add to every audio drama that comes out of the 63 audio universe. He's our biggest fan. And a great friend of the show. All right. So did did he like Harry Red Beaver? <laughs> what do you think of Harry Red Beaver, uh, Rick? Yeah. 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 We all love that. That yeah. was great. That was, was great. Dave's favorite. Yeah, I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, tell these guys and our eager listeners out there a little bit about yourself. Well. I, uh, I love audio dramas, and I've been listening to uh, 63 Audio a lot since you started. And uh, we kind of grew up together, too. Pete and I did. And uh, a great time listening to your show. Well, thanks. I think we met probably, was it junior high or was it before that? Yeah, it may, it may have been before that. I'm not sure. At good old Washington junior high. This is, yeah. this, this is an age-old friendship oh, we got here. This yeah. is oh, still in Illinois. Decades yeah. in the oh, making, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, that's Pekin, awesome. Illinois. Yeah, well, I grew up in Pekin, and Rick did too, and we went all through high school together, and then we hooked up again thanks to Facebook. So, um, yep, after the, the great after, unifier, the great after linker, a long life. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here, Rick. And since you're such an avid listener, uh, can you tell us? Here's the quiz part of the show. Can you tell us the purpose of this show? Yep. The purpose of Old Time Radio Essentials is to present specific episodes of your favorite Old Time Radio series. Episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of Old Time Radio like to discuss, either in person or on social media. Um, how was that? That was very nice, Rick. I'll, I'll take it from here, but um, we'll open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length, ad nauseum, as we are wont hey. to do. <laughs> each of us giving his opinion on its merit, its performance, or anything that stands out for us. And that's exactly what we're presenting to you. Just our opinions on whether or not it's representative of that series or if it's worthy of a place in every old time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us. And in fact, we may not agree with each other, but we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more. Each of us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion, and occasionally we'll bring in a special guest to provide some programming. Last year, for example, we asked the gang from the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society to join us, and that was a lot of fun. And today we have Essential Listener and my old friend from school days, Rick. And what's your selection then, old pal? It's an episode of The Red Skeleton Show, originally aired on NBC Radio on April 29, 1949. Red Skelton was a very popular comedian whose career spanned movies, radio, and television. He created a number of popular characters whose catchphrases became part of America's lexicon, such as, I doed it, from Junior, the mean widow kid, and others. This episode we're going to hear today is one of his last episodes on NBC. He moved to CBS Radio in the May of 1949. And so, without further delay, we present... The Red Skelton Show, first aired April 29th, 1949, on NBC Radio. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and listen.
Hey, you did that really well. Perfect. That's good. Yeah. From Hollywood, the Red Skelton program brought to you by Tide. Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E-I. Yes, it's the Red Skelton program with David Rose and his orchestra, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGeehan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. They say curiosity killed a cat. Well, I don't know about that, but it certainly can cause trouble for human beings. For instance, here's what happened to MGM's favorite comedian, Red Skelton. Uh, this Rod O'Connor's right there? Yeah, he's here, but he's doing his spring cleaning in the den. <laughs> I'll be right over. This I gotta see. Do, 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 Mr. Skelton? Yes, dear. Rod O'Connor called. My, this den sure is a mess. Yeah, but you know, it's a lot of fun to do spring cleaning. You always run across things that's been missing for years. <laughs> I pulled down the window by and found a pair of pants I've been pressing for three years. <laughs> Yeah, boy, but what a job. It took me three hours. Every time I got the thing wiped off, Hopalong Cassidy would ride by and get it all dusty again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a lot of fun, though. What's got under you all of a sudden to make you want to clean your den? What got under me all of a sudden? I don't know. (laughs) I figured it was about time to clean up this place. Yesterday, the dog next door came in and buried a bone over in the corner there. You sure are a card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should hire someone to do this cleaning. I got news for you. You're supposed to be doing it. No, sir. I only do lighthouse work. I know. And this is no lighthouse. Besides, <laughs> this was supposed to be my day off. Well, I know, but you took yesterday off instead. You said you were going to a funeral. I was, but I couldn't find any good ones to go to. <laughs> Oh. Oh, here's a morning paper. Did you see this? What is it? What is it? A man has been sealed in a room for ten years. Well, all the dirty things. What some people won't do to miss my program. (laughs) Is this his picture? Oh, look at that guy, will you? Well, little by little, those Republicans will be found. Well, sure. If I hadn't paid taxes for ten years, I could dress like that, too. Oh, someone's at the back door. I'll go see who it is. Well, howdy, Clay. Well, howdy, (laughs) Dee. Bakery? Yeah, I got promoted to the assistant uh, uh, crumb inspector. <laughs> I was looking at them crumbs and, well, it reminded me I hadn't seen you in 12 hours. Why, you overwrite nobody. Hmm? Tell me, didn't Mother Nature give you any brains at all? Yep, yep, she did. But I sure wish you'd have given me something I could use. <laughs> You go down in history as a stumble in the march of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Some people think I'm important. Just got a new job this morning. Steam fitter. A what? Steam fitter. Steam fitter. Very tedious work, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, you know, that, that steam's very hot and it, it burns your hands, you know. It's hard to handle, you know. Right. Well, I don't know, but I'll think of something. <laughs> are fast that way, you know. What is a steam fitter? Mm-hmm. Your mind is wandering. It won't go far. I'll... <laughs> I said, what is a steam fitter? Well, a steam fitter is, um, a uh, steam fitter is, uh, well, you take two pieces of steam and you fit them together. <laughs> I'll never do that again, I'll... To do. Get lost. Hmm? Top a walk. Go crawl up the rain spout, you drip. Uh, well, I don't 
don't you just tell me to leave and stop beating around the bush? <laughs> After all, I get those hint broad, uh, those broad hints. <laughs> there are other fish in the sea. And you're just the worm to catch them. Well, that does it. I'm walking out of here and out of your life forever. Well, don't walk that way. There are a lot of gopher holes in the yard. Don't walk anywhere. Oh, let's do it. Oh, oh, he fell. Oh. <laughs> Clem, are you all right? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Clem, Clem, are you all right? Mm. Speak to me. Don't just look at me with those big, sad eyes. I'm sorry. Here, I'll kiss you and make you feel better. <laughs> there, how was that? Well, sound pretty good. I hope that gopher enjoyed it. I'm over here. <laughs> I need glasses. So do I with beer in them. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. I'll get it. I'll get it. Hiya, Red. Hiya, Rod. Come on in. Uh, what are you doing with an apron on? Cleaning house? No, I found it. I didn't have no place to put it, so I just tied it around me. <laughs> hey, you just showed up in time. Come on. You can help me carry this box of papers out to the insinuator to burn. Okay. <laughs> incinerator to burn. <laughs> Hey, uh, huh? there's that grumpy neighbor of yours. Oh, yeah, you mean Mrs. Fussy? You know, I think I'm winning her over. Good morning, Mrs. Fussy. Well, aren't you the nosy one? Huh? Since when is it any of your business how I am? Well, I... You must know I have indigestion. My feet are killing me, and I see specks in front of my eyes, and one of those specks is your head. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Who asked how you were? <laughs> complaint to make about the way you played your radio last night, Mr. Skelton. I didn't play my radio That's last night. That's what I'm complaining about. You didn't play your radio, and you didn't wake me up, and I didn't hear my husband sneak in. <laughs> oh, aren't you the mouthy one this morning? How glad you brought up the subject. What subject? About your dog. I didn't mention the dog. That's a weak excuse if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Last night, I found one of your dog's fleas on my peak. <laughs> you know, the longer you think about that, the funnier it gets. <laughs> Now, look, Mrs. Mr. Skelton, I don't have to listen to that kind of talk from you. Hmm? Oh, come on, Rod. Just where do you think you're going with that basket full of paper? I'm going out to burn them in my I-N-C-I-N. <laughs> not until the wind shifts. I will not have the smoke from your incinerator polluting my backyard. Well, what do you want me to do? Teach the thing to inhale? <laughs> Wait until I tell my husband Winston about you. Oh, if I could only get my hands on the real estate agent that sold you the house next to mine. I'm grind! <laughs> One of my dogs flees on her peak. <laughs> so fat, you know. Her mouth doesn't stop flipping long enough to put food in it. I bet she could get a job in a fish store sitting in the window as a crab. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we better look through this waste paper basket before we burn this stuff. Last week, I burned four pages of ad libs. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not going to throw this away, are you? What is it? What is it? It's one of my commercials. Gee, do you realize what you're doing? What? Listen to this. Tides in Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. And that's only the beginning, because Tide not only gets clothes cleaner than any soap, but cleaner than any other sud, cleaner than any other washing product known. Tide gets clothes cleaner than all of them. T-I-D-E, Tide. Yes, you can name any washing product known, and we still say Tide will get clothes cleaner. You see, Procter & Gamble's Tide does more than leave clothes free from dirt. It removes dingy soap film, too. 
Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is safe. Truly safe for all your washable colors. Yes, safe and more. Because colors actually brighten up when Tide washes away dingy soap film. And white things? In hardest water, Tide gets shirts, towels, sheets, whiter than any other washing product known. Yes, colors, whites, linens, work clothes, everything you wash gets the benefit of the promise that only Tide can make. No soap, no other suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. Now, aren't you ashamed of yourself for wanting to burn that? Yeah, I guess I'm just getting careless. Gosh, and all the people to remind me of it. As the four knights would say, it had to be you. Hmm? <laughs> it had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around, finally found somebody who could make me be true or make me feel good. And even be glad just to be sad, thinking of you. Some others I've seen might never be. Whenever he crossed, I tried to be boss, but they wouldn't do. Nobody else gave me a thrill with all your faults. I'd love you still. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. It had to be you. It had to be you. I wander on, finally found somebody who could make me be true. Or make me feel good. Or even be glad. Just to be sad Thinking of you Some others I've seen Might never be me Would never be crossed I try to be boss But they wouldn't do Nobody else Gave me a thrill With all your faults I love you still It had to be you Baby Wonderful you Records, too. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Red, where are all these peop uh, papers you're burning? <laughs> Wait, you want to start again? Yeah, I'll try it again. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, Red, where are all these papers we're burning? Well, they're jokes we didn't use on the program. Hey, get a load of this one, yeah. will you? There was a fellow standing at a bar drinking, see? Yeah. and he was holding his nose, and his buddy says, what's the matter? Don't you like the stuff? He says, I smell it. It makes my mouth water, and I don't like it diluted. <laughs> Burn it. Hey, Burn look at it. this one. I dreamed I died and went to heaven. What woke you up? The heat. Burn it. <laughs> hey, look, here's a form letter. Form letter? Yeah, an ad for corsets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one might not burn. Our corn is a little green, you know. Hey, what's this, a love note? Hmm? Who's Fitzy? I don't know any Fitzy. What does it say? Dear Red, I am now at Wilshire and Elm. Stop in and see me. It's important. And it's signed Fitzy. Don't know her. Burn it. <laughs> but she says it's important. I don't know her. Burn it. Burn it up. Get the writer. Burn him, too. <laughs> Neither do I, but I'm interested. Well, look, the note might have been written years ago. Well, Fitzy sounds like someone who would wait. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like one of those girls you write a letter to, but in the safe way. My dear darling and ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you go ask Georgia if she knows Fitzy? Are you kidding? Go in and ask Little Red a thing. I don't have that kind of insurance, Doc. But you're innocent. You have nothing to hide. Let's put it this way. Let's go ask your wife if she knows Fitzy. I see your point. <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe I should go see who she is, though. She might be part of my radio audience. Yeah, and remember, it's the little things that count. Huh? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> 
to have to learn to write with a pencil. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, Red. Yeah. Come on, you're wasting time fighting with suspense. Come on, I'll go with you. Well, supposing Georgie finds out. Well, who wears the pants in your family? What are you, a man or a mouse? Well, what do you think I am, a man or a mouse? <laughs> well, what do you think I am? Oh, come on, get down off that chair and tell me what do you think I am. <laughs> Come on, let's go. No, now, look. Let's, I want to put you straight. I don't smoke, chew, drink, or run around. Oh, well, we all have to go sooner or later. <laughs> uh, come on, my car's down the street at Lippy's service station. No, I better not. I better not. Okay, I'll go. She's probably a nice little girl, young, beautiful, very discreet. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'll get my hat and go with you. <laughs> Okay. Pick me up at Schwab's drugstore, will you? I want to go get the new Vogue magazine. I like to know in advance what George is going to scare me with later. All right. I'll go see if my car's ready. Uh, hey, Willie. Willie Lump Lump, is my car ready? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Look, if you're through greasing my car, will you let me have it? I'm through greasing your car, yeah. But I gotta get this dent out of the fender, then. <laughs> there isn't a dent in my fender. You mean to tell me it got wrinkled like that, worrying about the payment? <laughs> how did you dent it? Hmm? I say, how did you dent it? Well, you see that gas pump over there? Yeah? It used to be over here. <laughs> Tell me something, will you? What? How did you ever get a job in a service station? You don't know how to grease a car, you don't know how to pump gas, you don't even know how to drive. Well, it just goes to prove that none of us are perfect. <laughs> how come you're working anyway? Isn't that a little out of your line? I'm only working for two weeks. See, this is my annual vacation from my unemployment compensation line. <laughs> you know what's wrong with you? What? You've been sampling too much of that tetraethyl. Well, at least my tonsils don't have a ping in them anymore. <laughs> well, I'm in a hurry. I'll just take Murder. my car as is. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, say, would you mind wiping off my windshield? That's what I'm here for. I'll do anything you want to. That's part of our duty, you know. Wipe off the windshield. The windshield ain't dirty. Wipe off the hood. Wipe off the car. Wipe off all the windows. If there's nothing on the car to wipe, look inside. There might be a small boy with a nasty nose. You've been wiping it for a minute now, and I still can't see out of it. You missed the spot here. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get it. Go in there and pick up the producer, will you? <laughs> yes, the spot's still there. Well, it is, huh? I'll bet you five bucks you can't show it to me now. Well, I hope your insurance company likes to be kept busy because I'm going to put them to work. David Rose and the Tide Orchestra play Red Roses for a Blue Lady.
Well, well that, that Bob Burns can really play a bazooka, can he? <laughs> hey, Rod, do you think we're doing the right thing by trying to find out who this Fitzy character is? Now, look, you just let me handle the whole affair. Yeah. I'll start telling her something that'll make her forget all about you. Now, what will you tell her? I'll just tell her all about the new wash day miracle, Tide. Oh, that'll make her come clean, yeah. <laughs> I'll say, uh, look here, Fitzy. You know, there's an amazing number of really good wash day products in the market, which makes Tide all the more remarkable. Because Procter & Gamble's Tide gets clothes cleaner than the best of them. Cleaner than any soap. Cleaner than any other suds. Cleaner than any other washing product known. For Tide not only leaves clothes dirt-free, it removes dingy soap film, too. And yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide actually brightens those soap-dulled colors and white things in hardest water. Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Yes, I said in hardest water. For Tide works its miracles in any kind of water, anywhere. You get oceans of suds that look and feel different. And you get a wash line that really opens your eyes. For no soap, no other suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. you can wipe the foam off your mouth, Sudsy, and let's get going, huh? Uh, hey, Red, isn't that Verna Felton walking down the street with all those groceries? Yeah, let's stop and give her a lift, huh? Oh, you're just trying to get out of meeting Fitzy. Hiya, Verna. Hey, hop in. We'll give you a ride home. Oh, that's sweet of you, Red. Hello, Moran. Uh, hiya, Verna. <laughs> you all settled? Well, yes, but the front seat is sort of crowded. Mm. Uh, do you have enough room, Red? Oh, sure. Am I crowding you, Rod? No, but if my girdle pops, we'll all go through the windshield. <laughs> How come your, your grandson, Junior's not with you, Vernon? Oh, he's at home. If his handcuffs have held out. Well, here we go. Thanks. Well, here's your house. Well, that's the fastest I've ever crossed the street. <laughs> Won't you come in, Red? No, thanks. I'm a, little, I'm a little cramped here. I feel like I'm sitting on my own lap. Oh. <laughs> well, at least we were lucky it didn't pop. <laughs> Uh, here, give me your packages and watch your step, Verna. Thank you. Uh, I'll be right out, Red. Oh, I don't... Oh, I don't think I brought my key with me. Junior! Junior! Hello, now... Well, Nemo! What'd you do, bring me one of them big balloons? Or is that a man? <laughs> Mr. O'Connor. Answer me question. What are you doing out of bed? I told you to take a nap. I did take a nap, but Mr. Fowler next door, he yelled so loud I couldn't get any sleep. Now, Mr. Fowler should be more considerate. Yeah, he should. Didn't he know you were in your room? Well, sure he knew. Them bags of water didn't fall on him by himself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just for that, you come here to me. No, no, you don't, kiddo. You don't get in. Junior, you open this door at once. If I open the door, what you gonna do to me? Why, nothing, dear. Nothing at all. Well, it might be nothing to you, but it's the pain in the back of me lap to me. Junior, mm -hmm. if you'll open the door, Nama has a surprise for you. Really? Oh, yes, yes. Do you like ice cream? Yes. Well, here's an advertisement of a new ice cream parlor that's just opening up. Yeah. <laughs> Sporty. That's mighty nice of you. Didn't you bring me nothing sweet to well, eat? Now that I'm back, dear, I'll let you in on a little secret. What? I hid the cookies in the oven. Yeah, let me in, let you in on a secret, too. But... They ain't hid no more. <laughs> you found them. Well, let's put it this way. We was bound to meet sooner or later. <laughs> Junior, mm -hmm. is your grandfather home? Well, I think so. I answered the door a few minutes ago and something crawled by me. <laughs> Oh, it was probably an old stray dog. Well, if he was, he was a pretty smart dog because I distinctly heard him bark, don't tell old Cold War I'm home. <laughs> you shouldn't talk about your grandfather like that in front of Mr. O'Connor. He's liable to get the wrong impression of him. Oh. Now, if you say one more thing, I'm going to spank you. Okay. Now, tell Mr. O'Connor you're sorry. Yeah. Well, how can I not say something and then tell him I'm sorry? <laughs> What's he going to do, read my lips? <laughs> nuts, the whole family's nuts. Snake I understand, Vern. I have two children of my own just like it. Well, don't come crying to us about it. <laughs> I put these groceries in the kitchen. Junior, you entertain Mr. O'Connor. I'll be right back. Well, blubber boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Here we is all alone and unprotected. Yes, I know. I'm just wondering how I can make a break for it. <laughs> would you like for me to entertain you, or would you rather pay me protection? I'll pay. Here's a nickel. A nickel? I see you don't want full coverage, huh? How much is full coverage? Well, I usually charge a dime. However, you use a pretty big hunk of coverage, you know. <laughs> I'll have to make it 15 cents. Well, here you are. Who says? <laughs> Good boy, ain't I the mail order Mickey Cohen. <laughs> I thought you pulling that old protection policy gag on again. Oh, now don't... Now, just for that, up to your room. Okay. okay. Your room. Oh, but before I go, I got a dollar bill I took out of a pocketbook. Do you want it? No, you'll return it. Well, I tried to return it, but the lady said she don't want it. Oh, well, in that case, dear, you can keep it. Okay. Whose pocketbook did you take it from? Yours. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, Vernon. Do call again, Rod. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Hey, Fatso! Don't drop that on me. Bombs away. Oh, I missed him. I missed him. I missed him. Hey, Red, start the car. Let's get out of here. Well, here's the corner of Wilshire and Elm, Rod. I still don't see why you wanted to park the car a block away and walk up here. Well, it's better this way, you see. In case we have to run, we don't want a car to slow us down. You know? <laughs> hey, uh, look at the name on that store over there. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's Lamp Shop. Uh, let's go ahead and find out if she's there. Well, okay, I'll follow you in. That way nobody will see me. <laughs> hey, here's a couple of lamps like Georgia saw in a magazine that she wanted. Look uh, at the price on them things. Fifty bucks a piece. Can you imagine paying fifty dollars for lamps like that when candles are so cheap? <laughs> Oh, here comes a guy now. Good afternoon, gentlemen. May I help you? Uh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> is Fritzy in? <laughs> yes, I'm Fritz. I don't like you. <laughs> my, um, my real name is Philpott, but everybody calls me Fritzy. Oh, I see. Well, um, you know anything about this note? Well, Kiddo? <laughs> Dear Red, first chance you get, meet me. Hmm, it's signed Fitzy, all right, but I didn't write it. You didn't? Oh, a red-headed lady came in and picked out some lamps and said that a red-headed man would pick them up. Georgia did this. Say, you must be Mr. Skelton. Yeah. Yes, your wife said I'd know you by your red hair, brown eyes, and the worried expression on your face. I've been framed. <laughs> the amount due is $160. Oh, no. If she thinks she can pull a trick like that on me to get her to buy her some lamps, she's got another guest coming. I don't care. I... You better Ooh. play it safe, Red. Better take those lamps. Maybe then she won't ask you to explain how you happen to be looking for a Fitzy that you didn't even know. Well, I'd... Wrap them up, will you? Wrap them up. <laughs> I'll pay for him. Excuse me. Oh, the low trick. Fitzpatrick's lamb shop. Oh, yes, Mrs. Skelton. He's here. Uh-oh. It's for you, Mr. Skelton. Mm. Hello, little Red. I see you found the note, Big Red. Yeah, honey. <laughs> what was the idea? I was going to buy you those lamps anyway. I was going to surprise you with them. Of course you were, Big yeah. Red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not mad at me for playing a trick on you? <laughs> no, gosh, no, gosh. <laughs> And you're not sorting me for trailing Fitzy either, are you? Are you, Little Red? Little Red? Little Red? <clears throat> hey, wrap up a couple more lamps, will you? For Big Red? Thanks for being with us tonight. So, next Friday. Goodbye now. Thanks for listening and thanks for buying more and more of that voice doing Miracle Tide. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. We're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Paul with Dave and Pete, plus essential listener Rick. That was an episode of the Red Skelton Show, originally broadcast on NBC on April 29th, 1949. Rick, you brought this to us, and frankly, I want to know why. <laughs> well, I love Brett Skelton in all his forms, and I really hadn't really listened to very much of their radio series, so this would be a good opportunity to to dig into that. And I listened to this episode and loved it, and I went back and listened to a bunch of different episodes, and I've got a closet full of Tide now. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> hey, don't even I like the Tide, tide pods. pods.
Don't eat them. Yeah, that's it. They're delicious. <laughs> he, he's a he's a great guy. And uh, are you talking about me now? Oh, oh red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> red, red. He's an important figure in the history of the entertainment industry. And and this episode um, has just about everything in it. It's got the Tide commercial in it. And I love the jingle. It Tides in, dirts out jingle, which they work into the theme song. And they work that jingle into a lot of pieces of music that they play. That was um, a trick in old radio days. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is right before he I went to TV, I guess, or as he was getting ready to do TV. He was uh, he liked his jokes about uh, doing jokes about TV on the radio show. That's funny. It was like 1949. When did when did television yeah. become adopted uh, as an accepted medium? Well, I think he started in the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s, but not everybody. TV was broadcasting, but it wasn't what we what came to in the 50s. I mean, he joked about this in 1949. He says that Hopalong Cassidy wrote across his TV show. Right, got it right, right. Uh, so obviously there was, um, some, some programming. It just wasn't, um, it was still fledgling at that time. Right. Yeah. He, he's a smart fellow. He, he figured out things where to jump and wh- when to jump. Oh yeah. And, and also like many great men behind him is a great woman. Oh yeah. And the still way was, was, that it was really Felton? important to his career. How so? Um, when, when they first met, She's like, your jokes are terrible. I don't like your jokes. And he was, and he was like, well, well, you, why don't you do them then? And she did. Oh, geez. And she, she wrote jokes for years. No kidding. And uh, wow. yeah, they got, they, they met at a uh, dance marathon where he was emceeing. And after the marathon, she's like, your jokes are bad. And they ended up getting married. <laughs> and in the process, she helped him get his GED. Uh, helped him write better jokes and wow, and get a raise. Wow, that's amazing! Job. I didn't know anything about Red Skelton personally. That's really interesting to learn that. That's true. How's that yeah. for an opener? Yeah, Hi, sure. my name's Red. Yes, I know your joke sucks. <laughs> I could do better. I could do better than that. <laughs> well, I guess it's like uh, um, George Burns married Gracie Allen because she was funnier than he was. And they were <laughs> successful for forty years or more. Yeah, yeah. interesting. What was uh, what was Red's wife's name aside from Mrs. Skelton? Um, Edna Stillwell. Okay. And they they actually had a uh, a show they did together for years before radio. Oh, so like in vaudeville? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. See, you learn something. On you do. This, this episode is en- enriching. I, I feel ennobled uh, uh, and enlightened. All of these things. I'm, I'm a better person for, for being here. And I'm Be grateful. smarter now. All of you. Yes. Uh, anything else, Rick, about the episode? Um, there was a lot of... Um, he does do a lot of fat jokes, which is not, not great. But uh, he also does self-deprecating jokes, which kind of helps make up for it. Does it, it makes, though? <laughs> Does no, it really? No. <laughs> All right. So, how about you, Dave? Oh, dude, this was awesome. I love this thing. This is so completely different from every other show that we have done since I've been on the group. Uh, uh, with this, it's it was fabulous. So much to love about this thing. First of all, clearly live studio audience. That's completely new. Uh, uh, in in my experience, again, with OTR Essentials, the the shows that we've reviewed, that was fabulous. And I loved how there was this sort of like side wink and a nod to the audience in that this was going to be broadcast on radio, but hey, live studio audience, you're here, so you can see us doing all these things. There was that one gag about, uh, I'll give you a kiss to make you feel better, and uh, uh, the big smoochy noise. And it's like, well, you need glasses because that was a gopher. I'm over here. And, you know, if the live studio audience is there, they're seeing all of this happen. The, the, the radio audience, the gag is funny because we didn't see it. So that just blew my mind. And, and the ad libs and the improvs like, hey, you want to try that one again? Yeah. OK, sure. Let's do that. Uh, uh, the the screw ups in the middle of the production and they just rolled with it. They there was no editing, there was no cleaning it out, 
and that gave it this this feeling of of moment of being of dynamic being in the moment excitement which i would assume was what radio theater was like back in the day when it wasn't pre-recorded uh and you got to see that live studio audience and there was that excitement that vibrancy to it um the sound effects were great cartoon sound effects it was literally it was like an audio cartoon uh and i loved that that was great fun the commercial segues oh my god so smooth so hey you were about to throw out this commercial here look at this and boom we're in the commercials like oh i didn't see that coming that was good and they A did nice it again the spring cleaning there right yeah. yes exactly yeah. exactly and and the, the musical interludes, not one but two musical interludes. That was it was I I heard him talk about the four kings, and then all of a sudden the four kings are singing. And it's like, this is so awesome. And again, thinking about as a live studio audience, the four kings had to be there in front of a microphone singing, and everybody's having a good time. This must have been one hell of a production experience for the live audience to see. So I just I love the crap out of it. This was awesome. Excellent choice, Rick. Thank you. You're welcome. What about you, Paul? I've always loved Red Skelton. Um, the funny thing was, my, my wife has never been such a big fan of Red Skelton. Not that she doesn't find him entertaining. It just, she doesn't like how he can take you from, and that was, I think it was mostly his TV stuff, where he could take you from laughing to crying in about five seconds. <laughs> you know, and she... It just all—it just kind of emotionally messed with her. So she's like, "I don't like watching Red Skeleton. He's gonna make me sad, <laughs> and then laugh, feel and then sad things. again. You know, kind of thing. Feel things. Yeah, yeah I don't want to feel things. So, uh, but yeah, no, Red Skeleton has always been fantastic. And you know, the thing that I liked about this show the most is you can, when you listen to the shows that are in front of an audience, you can tell which ones are are playing with tighter reins and ones that aren't. You know, and the ones that loosen up the reins and everything, they, like you said, Dave, it just, it just, you're more in the moment type stuff. And it just seems more welcoming, you know, we're all part of it now and everything. And that's what I like. He's just kind of talking. It's like, oh, oh, I said that line wrong. Let's do it again. You know, and it, it was just, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it because I just felt welcome to the show. You know, it was very weird. Like you're a part of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, everyone on there did a fantastic job. The the oh, one yeah. uh, the one lady, the the angry neighbor lady. Oh, Mrs. Fussy. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Holy Fussy. God, yes. she was awesome. I mean, the way <laughs> she just came at him and her lines were just machine gunned. Okay, I, mean, I got a question. Awesome. I got a question about that segment. Actually, uh, what was the gag with the dogs fleas on my peak? I didn't get that. And they seem to be cracking up all over the place. And it's like, it's I, a, I'm not getting the joke. You don't know. You don't know what's going to make him t what tickles him. It's just the way she said it. I guess the delivery fleas I on my peak. Um, yeah. What peak? peak? Where, I don't get it. It's the uh, fleas yeah. on my peak and ease, but uh, the, the peak might've been oh. you know, P E K instead of P E K E. Oh. Uh, I, I, I get the impression that some sort of, Risk a element that we don't get today. Yeah, I got that. I got that impression too, but it's like I didn't get it. I think my favorite gag on there was uh when they're burning all the old jokes in the insinuator. And <laughs> yeah, insinuator. insinuator yeah. <laughs> he's got what is that? Oh, it's four pages of ad libs. <laughs> I wonder how many people back in the day actually got that that it was four pages of ad libs, you know? Yep. <laughs> Great gags, just really? great. But yeah, it was, it was a it was a pretty flawless show. I agree. I I've always loved Red Skelton. I grew up watching him on TV when I was a kid, and and I also agree with your wife that he can make you laugh, <laughs> he can make you cry. On the TV show when he had the silent spot, uh, where and then he, you'd laugh because he'd leap in the air, and you hear that ding a ding a ding when he whenever he did that thing and uh, on TV, um, and then but. Here on radio, it's boom, 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 just like that machine gunning. The jokes, the patter, the uh, Mrs. Fussy was fantastic. That's Verna Felton. Oh. Verna Felton was a, a veteran radio actress. Uh, she was always somebody's mother-in-law or somebody's neighbor or somebody's grandmother. She played the grandmother mm -hmm. in the the mean, the junior, the mean little kid uh, mm -hmm. uh, segments. And that was uh, not her first time in front of a microphone. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. She'd been For in any of them. The thirties, yeah. So. 
um, um, and always an imperious, uh, um, bossy uh, older woman. She may have been only in her thirties, but she had the voice of uh, of a much older woman. And <clears throat> and she went into cartoons as well. I think she played Fred Flintstone's mother-in-law on the Flintstones. Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. So uh, really, just hilarious all the way through. I love his characters. Uh, he can go from red to Clem Cadiddlehopper in in one line of dialogue. Oh, somebody's at the back door. Okay, I'll. Why, hi, Clem. So him, then Junior, the mean widow kid. I mean, we always heard that on the Bugs Bunny cartoons. If I do it, I did a whipping. I do it because I do it. I do it. So the first time I heard a Red Skelton radio show, and I heard Junior, the mean widow kid. It clicked for me because I heard Bugs Bunny <laughs> say that, you know, so many times in the cartoons. But it that's the way it was. Radio was so firmly ingrained into uh, uh, Americans' minds that it carried over into other other forms of entertainment. Lines from Fibber McGee and Molly, lines from Jack Benny, lines from Red Skelton uh, mm-hmm. made their way into other programs movies and cartoons and and tv shows and things like that it was just amazing how and and what we that's what we call an easter egg today right you know (laughs) it's it's something that oh that's from such and such a the or or a cameo appearance from somebody fan Uh, service and and it's all you know to say okay try to catch the easter eggs in this episode of the bugs bunny show (laughs) yep um but they they it's amazing and and of course red carries the whole thing and because he's got all these different characters and all these different situations and uh when somebody flubs he's there to pick it up uh the maid says what what got under you <laughs> what got under me <laughs> what the heck did that mean <laughs> and then just kept going so he, yep. he got a laugh out of that and kept going i i don't i don't have any particular favorite bit because it was just so good from start to finish the music yeah. like dave said was fantastic uh uh it's um What's the uh, David Rose and his orchestra? Um, just a huge, big name uh, 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 entertainer. There, he had the famous Holiday for Strings. Anyway, he was before that though. When he before he went into the army, he had Ozzy Nelson and his orchestra. Oh, and and Harriet Hilliard, who was Harriet Nelson was his uh, vocalist and they interacted with with red as well so it was very funny interesting yeah so he um and and i learned this today i was looking up some information about red and i learned that he he was drafted in 1944 and went off to uh uh europe and entered and as part of an entertainment troupe as a private i mean he's, he's <laughs> a private you know he's a, one of the richest men in hollywood you know a movie <laughs> star radio star and he comes in he's a private making like 50 dollars a month or something and they said he um, he had he was hospitalized with a nervous breakdown uh, while he was over there, and he was wow. and he was discharged as a private. He made that joke. He said, "I'm the only the, the only celebrity who went into the army a private and came out a private." <laughs> because what James Stewart went in as an enlisted man and he came out as a brigadier general for crying out loud. Clark Gable yeah. went in as a like a, a second lieutenant and came out of it a colonel. So it's. Um, you know, he didn't have the luck. <laughs> yeah, or the temperament, apparently. Yeah. And I think that helped, though, because when he when he came back from the war, he was doing characters like Willie Lump Lump, who was like a, a, a soldier who had been discharged from the army. So um, it, it kind of helped him with the formulation of different characters after the war. So very interesting little bit of trivia there. But yeah. um, as for this one, I just love the hell out of it. Um and I have I provided the recording for for Rick, uh, as a matter of fact, and I, I had it on a cassette tape uh, that I bought a few years ago. That was not not a professionally made cassette tape. It was like a somebody had bootleg. Sold, it's uh, a bootleg. A bunch, like a, I had a, a a box full of bootlegs this high, but all really really decent recordings. So I transferred it to digital, and and that's what you heard today. Sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah, Red, to me, Red Skelton is kind of a everyman kind of entertainer. Oh, yeah. You feel like he's a regular person. Exactly. Very much so. Very and much that so. comes across in his slice of life stuff that he does. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, you can imagine yourself not not with all the laughs, but you can imagine yourself in those situations almost. Feel aspire to be that witty and 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 sharp in our exchanges. But you're if right, only, Rick. It's, it's very, it's it's very very much the situations he finds himself in. I would imagine the people of of his audience would would recognize and be able to empathize with very very immediately. Yeah, and some of the things he deals with are things we deal with today. He talks about. Uh, the housing crisis and complains about uh, politicians and Republicans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that hasn't changed. No, <laughs> we're still complaining about Republicans. <clears throat> Did we get political? Holy crap. Oh no. Stop that. Me. Stop that now. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> Anybody else have anything to say before we vote? No. Nope. No. Okay. Well, let's vote. What are we voting on? Dear listener. As a reminder, we are voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and B, whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every Radio Aficionados collection. And again, Rick, since you're our very special guest and this was your selection, please go first. Well, this this episode is very, very representative of the show. Um, It's got just about everything. It's got three of his characters that he does on a regular basis. It's got Mrs. Fussy, and it's got the beautiful music, and it's got Rob O'Connor. It's Rob, right? Rob O'Connor. Rod. Rod. Um, playing off very well. And so this this series belongs in everybody's shelf. No matter who they are, this series belongs on their shelf, and this episode stands out among the other episodes. Right. Awesome. You heard him. Get it on your shelf. He said so. <laughs> Get it on the shelf. <laughs> Well, I got I got to agree. Now, I I haven't listened to a lot of Red Skeleton. In fact, this is my first Red Skeleton uh, uh, audio experience ever. But God, I hope it's truly representative because it was fabulous. So I'm going to say yes, it is truly representative. It's have that be wish fulfillment, and should it be on every Radio <laughs> Aficionados collection? Good Lord, yes! What what a what a treat! What a treasure! So yes and yes from Dave. Excellent. I concur. I think it was excellent, excellent program. And if that is a representation of what the rest of them are like, well, hell yeah, get them all because you're <laughs> going to enjoy the hell out of it. That's all I can say. So yes and a yes. So that's it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, who am I to disagree? Uh, Red Skelton is, uh, as Rick so so eloquently put it, a national treasure. Uh, he's a uh, um, comedic genius his radio work stands out as some of the funniest material out there in the 1940s uh his tv work stands out as just outstanding in the 50s and 60s and we just have so much uh to so much to listen to and so much to enjoy um i have to admit that i haven't heard a lot of the later ones 1949 this one was uh tied and i've listened to a lot of them were from from raleigh cigarettes but if you put a Raleigh cigarette program right next to a Tide program, it's just as funny. So there was no loss of, of, of humor in the later years, the way it is with some shows and not as funny as they were in the beginning. Red holds true throughout his entire time on radio. Really fantastic. So if you enjoyed this one and you haven't listened to a lot, I highly recommend that you go. Uh, the, the shows are there for free at archive.org and other places. Listen to them. Enjoy them. You really thank me for it. Uh, so yes to uh, A, it is definitely representative of the overall series. And B, um, it is a, um, a standalone no, show that belongs in every two. Radio Aficionados collection. Two, two. Two, not B, two. Oh, I thought I said one and B. That's a, oh, a, a, oh, okay. Two. okay. All right. Whatever. The first one is <laughs> yes, and the second one is also yes. Yes. Okay. Which means, once again... We are in complete accord. Ta-da! What the hell's going on? I know, right? Well, we keep getting quality products like this. Uh, we're all going to be—we're all clearly have taste and style, so we're all going to be in agreement that this is awesome stuff, man. I'm going to start waxing my mustache just like Dave. Oh, dude, yes, fam. That way, yes. I, will, I will be quite the man. Yes, yes, hui. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 29. 
or if you live in a parallel universe, episode four of season three with Pete Lutz, Paul RBC, and me, Dave Robison. We're very happy you joined us and hope you'll join us next time because <laughs> I have some good news about that. What is it? Tell us. Tell us. No. Yes. Okay, fine. So um, a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Marshall Latham, who is a fellow podcaster uh, uh, and host and creator of the Journey Into podcast, uh, for whom I have read many a Edgar Allan Poe uh, uh, poem and or fiction uh, uh, that is aired on his podcast. Uh, Marshall is a fan of this show as well. Uh, wow. Wrote in. Huh? Spoke. That's right. We got two fans <laughs> at least uh, uh, and expressed an interest in joining the madness. So next week we'll have Marshall Latham of the Journey Into podcast joining us on OTR Essentials, and it's going to be fabulous. What's he bringing us? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. It'll be awesome. Well, it will. It does sound awesome. So we're looking forward <laughs> to that. A surprise program. <laughs> it might, it might, as, as I recall, he was there was there was an old uh, nature show that he was talking about, or maybe Superman. I'm not sure. So he's I'm not sure he's decided. Oh Mark Trail, right? Mark Trail, right, okay. right, right. Yeah, I used to read the comic strip. I didn't know that there was a radio program. So very interesting. Well, we'll find out when he shows up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so good. So, well, it's about time to wrap up. So Paul, Dave, and Rick, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company. Thank you, Victor. Is, is that how you pronounce a slash? I didn't realize that's how Victor that. Borgi yeah. did it, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, do please follow us on the Twitters at Essentials Old. Uh, if you want to suggest a future episode or possibly be on a future episode, uh, write us at F. 6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, and the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three, jeez, at gmail.com. Put the word essential in the subject line. It is exhausting. Holy crap. F6.3 at gmail.com. You do that so well. Thank Essentials you. in the subject line. Yes, yes, essentials and subject line. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, these guys are always happy to hear from their listeners. So please do send them feedback and suggestions. And if you didn't catch their email when Dave spelled it out, rewind and listen again. Or just look for it in the show notes. You did that Sorry. very well, Rick. <laughs> and if you'd like to be a guest programmer, it's so easy. Just send us a can of clam broth and two fingernail clippings and let us know which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us or what? just send an email. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's high time we wrap things up, don't you? Thanks, oh, yes. Dave. Thanks, Pauly. Oh. Of course, many thanks to our special guest, Rick. Please join us again next month for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Good having Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a bit of pleasure and a privilege. He says well, as he fades off. Lean line little thick. <laughs> <laughs>I can ffix this in post as long as I'm still, you can still hear me. You're absolutely legend. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I don't know what you can yeah. do or do, don't well, do yeah. in post. Okay. Thanks for Never mind. that out. I'll, I'll, I'll move in closer. I, I had moved away from the mic as well. Okay. I'm trying to sit back and be comfortable here. But I'll just be uncomfortable for you guys. Okay, thanks. We appreciate the sacrifice. Game one for the team. <laughs> Jesus. Wine, bitch, and moan. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in the show, you know. Oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> has executive uh, power go ahead uh, well thank you very much I, I should have said at the beginning that it's a big privilege to be here well you so. just said it and i recorded so i'll drop that in <laughs> <laughs> we have proof somebody yeah. actually believes that
That, that's going to be his alarm clock. It's going to be his alarm clock from now on. It's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to be here. Wake the hell up. <laughs> You're dreaming again. <laughs> Wait a minute. 63 Audio. This is Mutual. You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day. Or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.